It is so great to have you on the Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm Joel and Howes, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. On this episode of the Family Goals podcast, we bring on seven-time MLB All-Star, World Series champion, NLCS MVP, four-time Silver Slugger Award winner, National League batting champion, National League RBI leader, and St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame, Matt Holliday. Matt talks on his time in the league, his relationship with Jesus, and how he's used his platform to spread the gospel. Check it out. Matt, uh, Pastor Jay, great to meet you. Thank you for joining us for the Family Goals podcast. Davey Pollock over here. Look at him repping Oklahoma State strong. I mean, just <laughs> why, why are you repping that Oklahoma State? So uh, my brother's the head coach, oh, yeah. and then I'm the volunteer. So I live in Stillwater now, and uh, I'm the volunteer coach, which there's only three staff coaches in college baseball. So I'm one of the coaches. Um, I say volunteer because I volunteer to go watch my kids sometimes, and I miss practice here and there. But uh, in general, I'm there uh, full-time coaching. So uh, I'm actually in Florida for my 15-year-old has a tournament here. So I'm uh, I'm repping the gear because they have a game this morning in about two hours. So I want to make sure when the kids look up in the stands, they see uh, uh, they see Oklahoma State represented. So I, I got to make a, sure I got my gear on. What a move by your brother! How, how did he convince you to, or did you want to coach and impact? And how, how did that work? Because I'm I'm a lay coach at our local high school yeah. and and get paid zero, which is probably what you get yeah. paid too. But so how, how did he rope you into that, or is that something you wanted to do? Well, I, when I got finished, um, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next as, um, you know, as, as an athlete, you know, I've been doing baseball every day for, you know, since I was 18 years old. So, um, I had this transition period where I was trying to figure out if, you know, like waking up and just kind of having nothing to do and, um, you know, waiting for the kids to get out of school. I, I didn't feel like that was healthy. We were living in Jupiter, Florida at the time and just trying to figure out what kind of was next in my life. Um, and, and he said, Hey, why don't you come, you know, be the volunteer and, um, see if you like coaching or whatever. And, and, you know, I, I grew up in Stillwater, so my wife's from Oklahoma. So we moved back to Stillwater and, um, she, he was like, you know, let's, you know, so I, I took the volunteer job and then it's become a huge, um, it's been a, like become our ministry. Basically we started a, a college Bible study at our house and it's turned into kind of a, you know, went from just baseball to like a lot of sports. And then, uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really fun. I enjoy coaching. Um, I enjoy being around those, that age kid. And, uh, I was planning on coaching my son who was supposed to be, he's a senior, just finished his senior year. He'll be a freshman next year, but he got too good. So he's probably going to get drafted in the top three here in uh, a week, um, or a week from Sunday, or I guess the 17th, whenever that is. Um, so, that was my plan was, was to coach and get to coach my kid, but, uh, it's all good. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. That's, that's incredible. So, so I bet your brother's a little disappointed that he's not getting your son on his, on his baseball team. I think he realized about six months ago that he was like, mm, this isn't going to work. So he, uh, <laughs> we've changed, we've had to cover our, our recruiting. So we had to, you know, we had to pivot and, and find another shortstop a little bit, but, uh, he's super proud of him, obviously. Um, you know, I mean, the goal, I, I think, you know, uh, to some degree is to be, 
drafted really high if that's what you want to do in life. And, and so he's, he's played his way and, and worked his way into, you know, looking at getting top, drafted in the, you know, the, probably the first, second or third pick of the draft Sunday. So uh, I think he's proud of him, but I do think there is a little, little disappointment down, down deep. I'm sure. Hey, Matt, real quick, when you, when you talk about that and you talk about his journey to being a top three draft pick, like how did it become his journey? How did it become something that you – like I'm sure as competitive as you are and you wanted to help and you wanted to come alongside of him, how did, how did he take ownership of his journey? How did you manage the whole – you know, how did you manage this whole business thing of playing baseball and, you know, playing other sports and all that stuff together along his journey? Well, he, ever since he was two years old, I mean, he's been with me. So I had, we had him young, obviously I'm 42 and he's already, you know, he's 18. Um, so he's been with me basically my whole career in the major leagues. And thankfully I had a lot of organizations that I played for that let him kind of the family come and go whenever. And so he grew up just basically at the field and he's always loved baseball. And so, um, I've always told the boys, we have three boys and a girl, I've always told them, you know, I'll pitch to you, we'll practice, but this is your deal. Like, I'm not going to make you, I'm not going to make you go to the cages. I'm not going to make you do extra, but I'll do whatever you want me to do. If you want to hit extra, I'll throw to you all day. And so I've always wanted it to be, you know, their passion. I don't, it's my passion and, and that's great. But, um, if you want to play, as you know, if if you want to play pro, if you want to make a living, if you want this to be your job, uh, you have to have a passion for the work and a passion for, you know, everything that goes into it. So I've tried to prepare him um, about what it looks like as best I can as far as just I went to the minor leagues. I played five years in the minor leagues. I signed out of high school. So as an 18-year-old, my parents sent me off to Tucson, Arizona, and basically, you know, walked into a clubhouse full of guys from all kinds of places, different countries, um, different backgrounds, different, you know, languages. and And so – um, I, I think it's become his and probably the last two years when he's realized that this is what he wants to do for a living, that this is his true passion. And, um, and then he comes to me and wants to, you know, know more. And he wants me to really, it's, it's been cool. I, I think anytime you share that passion with your kids, it, it becomes more fun. I think a little bit for me, just to, I love baseball and I love to help him. And so, um, I would say in the last two years, he's decided that this is his goal to be drafted in the first round, uh, to be a major league baseball player. So, um, that's, so it got a lot of fun around then, then for it was really fun for you. Yeah. And and it's always been, like I said, he's, since he was a little kid, he's always been very skilled at baseball, but like the last two years, probably about the last, actually about, about the last year, he started to kind of, kind of mature and get strong. And so all that kind of skill he's built being around the game all his life and collided with, with strength. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's kind of shot up as far as his, uh, his draft stock and all that stuff. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. And, and same thing, the 15 year old, super talented in baseball too. He's, he's six, you know, he's almost as tall as I am now. And, and, uh, he's ranked, you know, whatever the rankings are meant, you know, in high school, but he's ranked in the you know, top three in his class as well. So they, they love baseball and it makes, you know, I'm glad it's baseball because that's what I like to watch. I mean, if it was, I would support them in anything, but it works out well for me. God, that would be awful. I can't imagine. You know, D- Davey hates baseball, oh. by the way. I mean. You don't, you don't like baseball? I, I like you, Matt, but I do not like baseball. I mean, I do not like staying at the park. Okay, here's what I yeah. like about baseball. 
I, I love the one-on-one. I told my my son yeah. this all the time because he still plays baseball. I love that you have to step in the box and figure it out. Like, I love that. Yeah. But I don't love that you literally can be in the field for a whole game and not make one play. <laughs> like, yeah. absolutely yeah. not. Like, my ADD would be running wild, Matt. Like, that would be yeah. – just like with, when we go to Bra- Braves games, I'm like, bud, we're either going early – and we're leaving early, we're we're leaving early or we're going late and we're staying the whole time. Like I can't I can't do I can't do three hours. Like I just I don't yeah. have the brain capacity for that. Well, I think yeah, like, I think you you should have been a catcher or a pitcher. That would have been perfect. You're kind of, yeah, you're kind of involved in every pitch. You <laughs> yeah. can't really uh, you don't go through the lulls. Well, Matt, I imagine you have a close relationship with your boys, and the fact that you've already been through what they're about to go through, I think. I mean, God has tailor-made it for you to pour into them, get to know them better. Uh, but you've already kind of walked the journey that, that they're about to to walk. So I can see y'all's relationship even getting closer o- over the next several years. Yeah, I mean, I think um, our family, we've, we've, we've gone out of our way my whole career for us to stay together. And their education has probably, probably taken a bit of a hit. Uh, and the fact that we've moved around and we've, we've, we've done some, uh, in Florida, they have a, a, a school that is kind of made for golfers and people that travel a lot. So they did a lot of online schooling before it was, you know, COVID cool to, to do, uh, remote schooling. And, uh, and so we've, we've done as much as we possibly could when I played to keep our family together, because that was my wife and I's main priority. Um, and so for our marriage, first, first of all, but secondly, to keep our kids and our family around their dad as much as they could. Um, so I, I think that obviously our faith in Jesus is number one. And then staying together as a family has been uh, probably the, the best thing that we've done, the best decision that we've made. And so it's really cool. Like, you know, the kids have been around uh, a lot of our you know, we've always been the house where we, we invite players over, friends, family. Like, we want people at our house and, and, uh, and community. And so they've seen it modeled, hopefully, um, what it looks like to be a, a Christian man in, in pro sports and, and what, you know, I hope to use my platform to accomplish. We had a really cool Homers for Health program that we started in St. Louis at Cardinal Glennon Hospital that raised lots of money for sick and injured kids. Um, and so... I think it's hopefully more caught is taught than taught. You know, we talked about talk about that a lot of, of you know, what it looks like to um, to be a man of God. And, and hopefully that they've seen it modeled through my friends, you know, Adam Wainwrights and Lance Berkman's and some of the people, some of the guys that I've played with who are good friends of mine. Um, and so it's I like you said, I've, I've been doing this a long time. They've seen it. They've been around it. Um, hopefully they're prepared. I, I think. Uh, from a spiritual side, um, you know, it's nothing's perfect, obviously, but, um, they're, uh, they seem to be, as they get older, you know, they're, it becomes more of their own. And, and so, uh, it's exciting to, to think about. And, you know, when Jackson now he's 18 is doing interviews and, and getting a chance to talk to MLB network and talk to ESPN and, uh, do these national, uh, newspapers and he, he talks about his faith and, and what he's trying to do and honoring God. It, it, it really is, you know, kind of the, the greatest thing that you could hear come out of your child's mouth. That's awesome. That is cool. How, how do you, uh, with, with your ministry stuff on campus at Oklahoma state, what do, what do you guys do to, to welcome people in and, and how do you, 
How did y'all start that? How did it come about? Well, my wife is, uh, she just finished her biblical studies degree and she's in seminary now. Um, and so we moved back to Stillwater and she was, you know, she, she was, you know, we lived in big cities and, and we haven't lived in a college, kind of a co- small college town, you know, since we were growing up. And so uh, at first it was a bit of an adjustment just then that, you know, like if we moved back to a small town and you're used to having, you know, more to do and things going on and she's trying to figure out why, what am I going to do with this, this uh, biblical studies degree? She'd kind of been working on it for like five years, kind of on and off just with kids and all that stuff. And so um, she got involved. Uh, I knew the SCA director at Oklahoma State really well, grew up around his son. Um, so she called him one day and basically was like, hey, I want to get involved in FCA. So we started getting involved a little bit with FCA. And then out of that, um, we started just kind of this Bible study for the baseball players on Sunday nights. Um, and so it just started out with, you know, seven or eight baseball players. And then kind of the word just spreads. Like when you're in a college town, it's not a big town. Um, those seven or eight invited a couple of their friends that play other sports or just, you know, friends. We, you know, we, obviously it wasn't just Jesus isn't just for athletes. We wanted it for anybody that wanted to come we wanted to to really just kind of be there for for college age kids and it really kind of just grew organically where you know like i said started at seven or eight and then they bring a couple friends and then they and say hey can we invite so-and-so of course anybody's welcome um you know next thing you know we have 25 to 35 and then obviously with what sports going on we do it on sunday nights because typically that's kind of the night where most sports are are home or back in, in town um, but, you know, in season, you know, it kind of fluctuates with what what kids come. But, you know, it, it, now we're up to, you know, we some nights we have 45 or 50. And then she does a, a like a college girls night on Wednesday nights for a lot of sorority girls. She was in a she was in a sorority. And so she basically just went to the sorority and said, hey, uh, we're, I'm going to do a Bible study if anybody's interested. And of course, they invite other friends. And so she has probably 20 or 30 on Wednesday nights and we probably have 40 or 50 on Sunday nights. And. Um, it's just turned into a really cool community, David, as, as it's been like, you know, people come and, and a lot of times they just want to hang out and they just need yep. somewhere to go and, and kind of just get away from the world feel maybe a little bit, um, where they have a community of believers and we have, we have a, like a kind of a barn gym and, and they play games and, um, we have a wiffle ball field, so they go play wiffle ball. I mean, you wouldn't like that, but <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, we have a wiffle ball field, and and so uh, we have like you know some acreage, and there's a pond, and and so they come and they fish, and so it's it's been really cool, just kind of awesome. trying to create a, a bit of a ministry for for you know for college kids, and and so that's it's been really fun. I, I love that you and your wife have opened your home up to all these all these college students. I, I was in college ministry uh, for several years, and I, I really feel like co- college students, that's the time to reach them because they have their whole life ahead of them. They're making huge decisions about who they're going to marry, what are they going to do. And so for you guys to be a model for them, uh, a godly marriage, what it is like to have a, go- a godly family. And I'm sure it's great for your kids to see Oh, here's some college students who are who are who are wanting to live for Jesus. So they even have someone that they can they can look up to. That's a that's a win win. I listened to your, uh, one of your podcasts yesterday, and I would encourage all of our listeners to go to the Table Forty podcast uh, with Matt and Leslie um, Holiday. 
But the one I listened to yesterday was a story about you. Uh, you had the long, wrong uh, airplane reservation, and then y'all had some uh, issues with a rental yep. car. But your wife shared uh, Second Second Chronicles twenty verse twelve, and and this so resonated with me that verse that says, "Lord, uh, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you." And I was teaching that verse to my daughter. I have a fourteen year old daughter. Last night she's like, "What? Well, well, that rhymes." I'm like, "Yeah, it rhymes." But I really tell your wife like that'll in seminary they say that'll preach. That that yeah. is a powerful message, Lord. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And uh, Talk a little bit about being married to someone who, a godly wife, she's called to ministry. Obviously, I mean, you're opening up your home for Bible study two nights a week. I mean, that's just, Davey and his wife, Lindsay, are the same way. They pour their mm-hmm. lives into our sixth grade or middle school kids at church. Talk about being married to, to a godly wife. and, and How important da- that is. Yeah, Davey and I both know what it's like to have a, have a god, being married to a godly wife. Yeah, I mean, uh, so she, so I, I, it's probably been five or six years. She she felt called to to finish her. She wanted to get a, a biblical studies degree. She felt like she was leading a, Bible, a lot of Bible studies in pro and ba- pro baseball, and and uh, we were, were involved in a in a pro athlete outreach PAO. Um, and so she felt called to to she wanted to put more of her education into what she was teaching, and so she she enrolled in a couple classes. Um, she's got, we have four kids, obviously at the time they were younger. So it's, it's been chaotic, uh, for her to, to be in two classes per semester to finish this biblical studies degree. And then now she's in, in Dallas theological, uh, seminary. Um, she's, she's getting her seminary degree. So she's juggling. And then she just took a full-time job with PAO as the women's direct women's ministry director uh, for, for pro sports and, and, and PAO. So she is, um, her heart for Jesus, her heart for people, and then her heart for college age kids. Like, it's funny, like these college girls will say, you know, now that she's kind of opened this door to like, Hey, if you ever, you know, need to just go on a walk and, and talk, uh, I'm available. So now, like, they hit her up. She'll be walking all day. Like, she'll show me, like, she's been, I'm like, where have you been? She's like, I've been walking with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. She's like, I don't know if this was a good idea telling them that, I, you know, I was available to go on walks and talk through their boyfriend problems. She's like, sometimes I hear things I don't want to hear. Sometimes she's like, and I, she's like, took like 46,000 steps and, you know, just crazy. Like, she's just out walking all day, you know, talking to these college girls. So. Um, she has a heart for, for that age particularly, but she's a tremendous mom. And, and like I said, I don't know how she does it. She's, she's a full-time job, four kids, uh, student. And, uh, and she somehow manages to make dinner and, and keep us all going in the right direction. And all the clothes are washed and put away. And I don't know how she does. I try to help as much as I can. (laughs) And, uh, as you know, like sometimes we can't read minds, um, so I tell her all the time, like, I can't read your mind before you get frustrated that I'm not doing something. Just tell me to go do it. Like, you don't have to say it even, you know, nicely. Just, hey, the trash needs taken out, the whatever, the dog needs fed. Just just give it to me square. Don't don't harbor ill will toward me because I didn't do it on my own. I'm not smart. Like, you know, just tell me what to do to help you so that, you know, there's no animosity. Uh, uh, as you guys know, sometimes there's that, she's quiet all of a sudden and you're like, what's wrong? <laughs> I, was, 
owe nothing. And then you get to the <laughs> bottom of it and you didn't help do this or you do yep. that. And, you know, I just missed it. Like I wasn't doing it because I was, you know, not doing it to help you. I just didn't, you know, I just tell me, just tell me. So I think that's been helpful in our marriage is like, uh, we always tell people like, I can't read her mind. It's okay for the wife, uh, to, to, to tell the husband that, Hey, I need help doing this or that. Sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's as easy as, as just telling us what to do. So, um, she's an incredible mom and, and wife and we've been married. Uh, this, this is our 22nd year of marriage. Uh, we got married young. We've basically grown up together. So, um, I, I couldn't love her more. Like I, you know, she's, uh, like I said, I can't, I could go on and on about what a mom and wife she is and, and, and our journey and how she's, uh, you know, been my biggest, you know, fan and helper and everything, you know, we're, it's kind of, we're, we're together all the time and, and we do, we go out of our way, uh, sometimes to make sure that we, we don't spend much time apart. I think that's, uh, we've talked about that on our podcast too, is, but the women a lot of times just don't want to ask. They don't want to ask mm-hmm. for your mm-hmm. help, but mm-hmm. we got to find those triggers and those things. Like my wife hates the dishes. I mean, she just doesn't, she doesn't like the dishes. So a lot of times if, if I'm paying attention, which I'm not all the time, like Matt was just saying, cause I'm in my own little world, like, Oh, the dishes are dirty. Like get in there and do them and, and help. But, um, you got to have a few big league stories to, or Matt that you always, uh, that you always love to share or that people always love or people always laugh at. Is, is there any stories that you always have that, that you share that people, that people really enjoy? Well, I'll, I'll share this story with you uh, because it's a it's a Christian podcast. So we were uh, Lance, uh, so Adam Wainwright, and we were we're headed to San Francisco, and he says, "Hey, Francis Chan, this has probably been ten years. Francis Chan has a ministry in San Francisco, and he wants to take us to lunch and show us kind of what he's doing." And so. He said, you guys want to do it? They're like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it'd be awesome. So it's me and Lance Berkman and Jake Westbrook. I can't remember all, all the guys. Oh, Jake lives right down the road, by the way. I was about to say, Jake is a Georgia boy. So I figured I figured you guys probably knew each other. Oh, yeah. So he says, so we get to San Francisco, and, and we played, I think, the first game. And then the next day, Adam says, hey, Francis is picking us up at 9. Don't wear anything nice. Like, wear your worst clothes. And on a travel trip in the major <laughs> leagues, like, we're supposed to wear a nice shirt and jeans. Like, I didn't pack any crappy clothes. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. I'll go jeans and, like, the worst T-shirt I have, which is, you know, on the road is just maybe a white T-shirt, whatever. So I don't even know what that means. First of all, I'm a little alarmed. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> where, where are we going? So uh, we show up downstairs, and Adam's got, like, this homeless outfit on. And the rest of us are all kind of wearing jeans and, like, t-shirts and you know just kind of you know tennis shoes workout shoes whatever and i'm like what's going on like adam's hilarious which you guys you guys should have him on this podcast but he's an incredible guy and, and uh we all know francis a little bit adam's a little was a little closer with them and and had set this whole thing up and he says uh yeah we're we're gonna go like like tenderloin district like inner city san francisco like some of the darkest of dark places in in this country and uh, I just didn't want y'all to wear your nice clothes so you get robbed on the street. And we're all looking at each other like, <laughs> thanks, bud. I mean, thanks for the heads up. So we go, and it was an incredible day. But literally, like, Francis's ministry and inside this 
uh, Tenderloin District, if people know the area, and it's like just kind of the most kind of homeless, dark, like these high rises that are government, uh, you know, like housing. And uh, we end up going and, and uh, I remember me and, and Lance Berkman and and Francis, like we all split up, like uh, Wayno went with this guy. And, and so me and Lance go with Francis and we're walking and he's kind of just showing us like how dark this place is. And he takes us into like this kind of space that he opened up for for homeless people to kind of just go inside and get a cup of coffee or you know feed them a little bit or and uh it's got like this kind of area and he's like hey hey lance or he said hey which one of you guys want to share the gospel with these people and i'm like i'm looking at lance like speaking's not really my deal and lance, <laughs> is like the, lance is like the most incredible speaker ever so lance lance is like i'll do it so he he gets up on like this kind of makeshift stage and proceeds to share the gospel through this really funny story of of Roy Oswalt standing in the outfield one day during batting practice and he and Roy are standing there and and somebody begins to yell hey Roy and you know keeps yelling because fans do that right they want a ball or whatever and and he's Roy hey Roy we can and you know Roy's I guess he's from a small town in Mississippi where they use the word kin and so uh, he, he's yelling, hey, Roy, we can. And, and he turns and looks and, and Lance is like, do you know that guy? And he's like, I've never seen him before. So he's yelling, Roy, Roy, we're family. Blah, blah. And he's like, so he pre- proceeds to tie this to the gospel that, you know, that a lot of people uh, pretend or, or, or a lot of people think they, they know Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. Like this guy felt like he knew Roy because they were can but they didn't have a relationship and so he proceeds to tie this whole story into the gospel uh as he's sharing to these homeless people uh that are you know it's kind of a dark looking crowd but i remember just kind of sitting here taking this whole thing in uh this whole day really like we wound up you know this criminal was making us lunch that got out that that francis sent him to be trained culinary and and just this really cool story of this day with Francis Chan and his ministry. But I remember Lance sharing the gospel so elegant, eloquently. Uh, I remember Francis said to Lance, like, dude, you could literally be a pastor. Like that was incredible. So that was a cool story that, that, you know, like I said, we, we were in the darkest of dark places wearing clothes that were way too, I was scared most of the day. Like I'm <laughs> kind of a wimp like that, but I was, I was scared most of the day. That is, that's a cool story. So we need to get Lance Berkman on the show. Correct. Also. Lance and Wayno, I can help you guys. Okay. That'll be awesome. Can you write that down, Will Jack? Yep, you got it. <laughs> I'm so I'm so encouraged, Matt, about I mean, you've reached the highest level of sports, won the World Series, National League batting champion, seven all stars, silver slugger. Um, you and your wife could could basically kind of ride off into the sunset. But you're using your platform to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. You're opening up your home to, I mean, these college students. Changing lives. Changing lives. It's just, it's so encouraging to me. And I know Davey, that's what he wants to do with, I mean, God's given him this incredible platform. And that's one of the reasons Mm -hmm. we started the podcast, to try to to reach as many people as we possibly could. I'm just, I'm so encouraged talking to you and hearing about your family and your wife and your kids. And it's just amazing. Well, I appreciate that. Like you said, uh, you know, I, I think when you're an athlete, you're a pro athlete, you have this 
built-in sort of platform ministry that you you know is is where you're at and where you're what you're supposed to be doing and it's you know you have these big moments of opportunity to share your faith and and people ask you all the time when you're in the middle of your career and you're you're going to all-star games and you have this um opportunity with your teammates like you, you know that there's a built-in ministry with with your teammates because you know pro sports there's a lot of non-believers and there's a lot of uh failures so you have opportunities to to talk to your teammates and and you know be this sort of encourager um and then when you're done playing it's like well what next and so um it hasn't hasn't been easy kind of figuring out your purpose um and and sort of your platform when you're done playing uh so that's been really cool that God has kind of moved us into this this place in our life where uh, you know we're, we're we're more focused on on kind of the college ministry and and uh, and, and that kind of age of a, of, a, of a platform. But um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. God's opened some really cool doors. We started the podcast. We've had some really cool stories on there. Um, as you guys know, when you start talking to people and you hear stories, it's really cool. Everyone has a story and everyone has adversity and everyone has tough stuff going on. So I, I think it's been really fun for us as well to, to hear people's stories and perseverance. And um, I think it's been helpful. I think people have, have heard some of the stories and it's been really, like I said, like you said, it's been really cool and refreshing for us to hear all these neat stories. No, that's awesome, Matt. And no matter who you are and what you are, if you've come to faith and that's, that's important to you, your story's enough. Just tell your story. Yeah. You don't have to be a biblical scholar. You don't have to be Lance mm -hmm. Berkman who can stand up and be eloquent mm -hmm. in front of anybody on a drop of a notice. But your story and what Jesus has done for you, nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can take away your personal testimony, so you can always share that with comfort. But we appreciate you sharing with us, man, and appreciate your time. And I look forward to listening to your podcast. And uh, I told you I'd definitely be glad to to jump back on yours and uh, and pay it forward for sure. And how about uh, how about them boys, man? That's pretty cool that they get to – continue their journey and continue to play baseball. Does baby girl play softball? I mean, it's got to be a baseball family, right? She, uh, she doesn't, she has a really good swing. So when we play wiffle ball, like she's super competitive. Like she's probably the most competitive out of the four of them. And to the point where I'm like, Grayson, settle down. Like you need to relax. <laughs> she, uh, she, she's like a power tumbler. Like she's really athletic, but she doesn't play softball at least. Yeah. It's probably too late. Like she's 12. So I don't know if she'll ever play softball, but, um, I'm not sure we have time for her to have a full softball schedule with us <laughs> running everywhere with the boys. So it's, uh, like I said, she's the, she's probably the most competitive one. So I probably missed the boat on that, but, um, she's, uh, she's, she does have a good swing, but it is, it is cool. Like having the boys and as you know, you guys, you know, Jackson is, is probably, like I said, going to get drafted pretty high and, and, uh, but he's a, he's a really cool kid and, um, He's, he's, it's going to be fun to watch him. I'm a little nervous. As you guys know, like the family dynamic is about to change. I mean, yeah. he's 18. He's about to, to get drafted and, and possibly leave the house. And so his mom and I are a little, a little nervous just about, and, and, and kind of sad, honestly, that, you know, he's already this old as it goes so fast. And, uh, but it's exciting. And, and, uh, and so it's, uh, it's something that's on the horizon for us. Matt, I feel like it's important for me to share with you uh, kind of what I'm known for, uh, my claim to fame in sports. Oh, uh, yeah. So I grew up in South Mississippi, 12 years old, Little League All-Stars, uh, struck out <laughs> Brett Favre. Um, and so anyway, a lot of people know that. You're the first baseball player we've had on the podcast. I, th I thought it was important to share with you um, 
that I struck out Brett Favre. I kind of peaked at 12. (laughs) (laughs) We can't tell you how many times, Matt, that's been shared in our church services. And it also dates himself, by the way. It kind of shows him how old he is because, you know, Favre is. Yeah, we're the same age. He's he's not young anymore. So, Well, that's pretty good. Uh, has he has he caught wind of you bragging about him striking him out? Like, is this something that he knows that you're out uh, telling well, people? Yeah, we're trying we're trying to reenact this. In, in fact, I was I was down in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, this weekend preaching at my former pastor's church, and we were going to try to work because Favre lives right down the road from his church, but we weren't able to do it. But we, I think we're going to try to try to get that done. I'm sure it's top. Of, I'm sure it's top of his list. I'm sure he's ready to do that again. <laughs> I'm sure he's looking for revenge. Like yeah. he probably is like, all right, I've, I've had enough of this story. Yeah. Right he'll now. be like, who, who is this pastor Jay guy? I've never <laughs> even heard of it. He doesn't know who I am. So before we go real quick, I want to talk about, I love what you said about you want your kids. You want it to be their passion, their passion to go that extra mile to put in the work. I know here in the South uh, youth sports is, is a Stupid. crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy, mm-hmm. crazy, you know, parents driving and dropping all sorts of money to, um, mm-hmm. you know, for their kids. So why don't you speak into that? Cause I know Davey's very passionate about it. Um, but why don't you, why don't you speak from your perspective? Cause you're in the middle of it. Obviously your kids are going to be drafted, but not every single kid is going to be like that. So, you know, from yeah. your perspective, kind of speak on that. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of parents and coaches that kind of listen to our podcast that are in that world, yeah. you know, so kind of speak on that real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a fine line. Like, I, I, I tell people, like, if your kid loves baseball, he needs to play a lot of baseball. But he doesn't need to play 155 games in the summer to where every night he's playing it. He can play other sports. Like, we we encourage, like, my boys played basketball and, 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 and Ethan, the 15-year-old, played football. Like, as, as a guy that I played three sports, like, as, as someone that's recruiting kids or being involved in, in a college program, a big-time college baseball program, you don't have to play every day of the year to somehow justify the money that mom and dad, you know, are spending to try to get this scholarship. Like you can, there's good balance. Uh, there's a time to rest. There's a time to, to lift weights. There's a time to, um, play another sport time to, um, you know, just, you don't have to be playing so much baseball. Do you need to play a lot to get better? Of course you do. Do you need to practice a lot to get better? Of course you do. But I do think that the parents that, that spend, um, you know, all this money taking them to all these showcases and making sure they're seen at all these tournaments, like a lot of that is not true. Like if you go to a couple good tournaments a year, uh, the college coaches will find and hear about you being good enough to play college like you don't have to pay these um you know these people that make highlight videos or you know it's like this recruiting services i and i'm not going to bash people's businesses i'm just saying like simply like if your kid has a passion to play you know invest in that passion to some degree and, and let them go and play and do but you don't have to, you know, spend all this money and force them to, you know, they've got to get a scholarship. They've got to play college and, you know, that somehow they're going to be professionals at, at age 12. Like, that's not true. Like, just let them play. And if they like to practice, practice with them. If they want to, you know, to do lessons, let them go to camps. Um, I would say if you want to spend money, send them to college camps. Like, we, we have camps and and we'll recruit out of our camps because the kid is on campus, gets to meet the coaches, gets to see the campus they would be going to. 
a lot of kids, at least in baseball, at 14, 15, 16 years old are committing to these campuses or, or these colleges, and they've never met the coaches. They've never been on campus. And then ultimately, you know, they end up flipping or changing because as they get closer, they realize they've never even been there. They didn't go on any visits. So I would say save your money, go to camps. If you want to play college baseball, if you want to get better, you want to move up, save your money and go to camps and get seen by the coaches. And so um, I don't know. That was kind of all over the place with that answer. But that would be that would be my Does that answer your question. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with Davey Pog and Pastor Jay. Matt's story is super cool because he reached the peak of his professional career in baseball, and he really could have ridden out into the sunset. But him and his wife, Leslie, open up their home two nights a week for college students and are pouring their lives into others weekly. His baseball career ended, and he said, what's next? It's also so encouraging to hear about how Matt has poured into his kids' lives and how his sons are following in his footsteps. He made it a big focus in his life to spend as much time with his family as possible. And Matt mentioned something that we like to talk about a lot on this podcast, and that is more is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. Your kids are going to pick up all the little things that you do in your life and the example that you set. So looking at your life, what example are you setting for your kids, your coworkers, your friends? I want to encourage you to live a life worth emulating. Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals podcast, and I will catch you next week.